Thank you for downloading this episode of the Blokebusters podcast. And what we have done here is team up with the guys from In Session Film. And because we're somewhat lazy, we decided to let them run the show. So they have edited together their episode. They have released theirs. And now I have slightly edited it. And we're putting this out as our own episode. So lucky you, you get to hear this and theirs Side by side if you want, ours is a little shorter, and hopefully enjoy it twice as much. So please do sit back, relax, and enjoy this joint episode of the Blokebusters and Incession Film Podcast, where we discuss Fantastic Four. episode 129 for august 9th 2015 and i'm jd duran and i'm fantastic fantastic <laughs> brendan cassidy <laughs> yes i'm just fan i'm just fantastic <laughs> thanks for joining us this week everybody we do have hopefully a fantastic show i'm sure it will be better than the movie fantastic four that we'll be talking about but we'll get into that here in just a little bit before we do that brendan how's your week man you mean fan four stick that's, that's the, yes. that, there are a lot of I think we're going to be throwing out a lot of different puns for what this movie should have been called but we'll, we'll wait for the review for that I think we're going to have some fun there but you know otherwise week's going pretty good um, I'm, I'm in yeah. podcast mode right now I'll nice. tell you beca- because I just got off of a, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. A, a stretch with the Lambcast where we did an entire retrospective on the uh, on the Mission Impossible franchise very fun uh, which was a heck of a lot of fun and when we got to Mission Impossible 3 as I expected it was a very divisive conversation <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, but it was fun. It was fun. I also right. won a game of Last Man- Last Lamb Standing, so oh, I was nice. very, very proud of myself. So I I'm in a good mood. I that game, so I'm glad that one of us is good at it. <laughs> I'll represent in session film for us all. Nice. <laughs> How about you, man? Uh, my week was very good, obviously, as we alluded to on our extra film. And sorry I got it out a day late, but that's because I had a fun birthday trip. Uh, uh-huh. Where my wife and my dog and I, we went to this cabin about an hour from here. And in Eastern Kentucky, where all the stereotypes of Kentucky live, they're true and they're in east the eastern part of the state. But yeah. the eastern part of the state is also very gorgeous. It's very, very beautiful. Oh, yeah. And so we were staying at the Daniel Boone National Forest. It was really great. But what I didn't expect was our cabin, the one that we booked, was so (laughs) It was so awful. All the furniture, especially outside, was nasty and gross. The grill was unusable. And they labeled this a pet-friendly cabin, but the stairs that goes from the downstairs to upstairs is one of those twisty staircases, and it's very steep. So... Dogs that are, I would say, mid to large size dogs, which my dog is. He's about 70 pounds. Sure. He can't get down those stairs. He could barely Ah. get up. He could barely get up. And the first night that we were there, I tried to get in front of him before he went downstairs because I knew it was really steep and he'd struggle. 
but he went before I could do it, and he just slid all the way down. I'm oh man, very surprised he didn't hurt himself. I thought he was going to break his neck or something, but thankfully that didn't happen. So on top of that, it was just one thing after another. And, the, and then it was really funny to me that before we checked out, they wanted us to essentially do their laundry. We had to make sure that the bed was made. We had to make sure all the towels were in the washing machine and being washed. And we had to do all the dishes that we use and all this sort of stuff. And then they had the audacity to leave an envelope there that said, hey, can you please leave us any housekeeping tips? <laughs> what housekeeping are you doing? I'm having to do your damn job for you. What was? Did you even know you had to do all that crap? No. Or booking this well, place? That I, is, I didn't, but maybe Brandy did. I have no idea. It was just absurd to no. me. Yeah, because that's that's something that they should put on the flyer. <laughs> yeah, it, it just and of course it looks a lot different than the way they portray it on the website. Thankfully, we weren't at the cabin enough for it to really matter. The trip overall was awesome. We went on a lot of hiking, and it was just a blast. But. The cabin was just the worst. <laughs> was, oh man, is it, it so is it is it terribly ironic that you you mentioned getting our extra film out a little bit later, but we ironically reviewed the or talked about vacation, and yeah. I'm here now thinking of that <laughs> sequence in the original vacation where they rent out those terrible cabin yeah. tents. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm thinking about with your story right yeah. now. Which is very coincidental. <laughs> it was very ironic. I was hating on that movie, and then that happens to me. I guess that's just karma. I guess. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- th- yeah, for seeing that movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so anyway, on that note, let's bring on this week's awesome guests, as in two of them, because we have Paul and Brian from the Blokebusters podcast are back once again. Thanks, Phyllis, for joining us. You're welcome, guys. Yeah, no problem. Uh, thanks for being back. Uh, hopefully this journey is more fun than the last time you guys were here, although based off of what you guys were saying us before we started recording about Fantastic Four... Maybe you didn't like the movie as much, but hopefully we'll have fun talking about it anyway. Well, it's the other side of that coin. It, it's always yeah. more fun to talk about the bad yeah. ones than the good ones. Yeah. 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 True story. True story. Yeah, let's certainly hope so, because as we have alluded to, we are going to be talking about, of course, the new Fantastic Four movie. And going off of that, we are going to be talking about our top three superpowers used in film, which should be an intriguing conversation. And for our discussion segment, as I'm sure we'll be doing a little bit of this in our Fantastic Four review, but we're going to be doing another segment of Rants and Raves, which I have something I'm pretty excited to rave about. I'm going to do a lot of ranting in the first segment, but in that last segment, (laughs) I'll be doing a lot more raving. But we'll get more into that here in a little bit. Last thing I want to plug, as Brendan just mentioned, our latest extra film is out, day late, but it's out. We do talk about Paper Towns and Vacation, so definitely go and check it out. It was a really, really fun show with Mr. Brent Allen. So on that oh, yeah. note, a lot to talk about, guys. Let's get into it. And here we go.
You're listening to the Inception Film Podcast. This is episode 129. Brendan, I just want to fix this film. You can't fix this. No one can. This is Ben. What's up? He was Lucky Charm. You guys sure you're in the best shape to be doing this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're good. So, I guess I should come up with something better than one small step for man. Strap in and get comfy, kids. We're about to make history. Yeah, or die. Either or. All right, gentlemen. Hands and feet must remain inside the ride at all times. Don't blow up. Don't blow up. Oh, yeah, that's what I want to hear before going into another dimension. All right, Fantastic Four is directed by Fox Studios. <laughs> I mean Josh <laughs> Trank. <laughs> you, mean, star- you mean Josh Tank? <laughs> yeah. It stars Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan, Kate Mara, Jamie Bell, Toby Kebble, and a few others that we'll get into. Let's start off with Paul and Brian. What did you guys think about the new Fantastic Four? Uh, Brian, do you want to <laughs> Oh, uh, yes. Uh, shocker here. Um... Well, I managed to stay awake. That's the highest compliment I can give it. Uh, that's good. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, briefly, that's my feelings, Paul. Uh, after watching this film and thinking about it in the car ride home, the one from, what, ten years ago was much better than this one. And I never thought I would say that. I yeah, know. but I agree. Yeah. Yeah, it... Um, I don't know what was worse, the pacing of it or... Just the fact that it just didn't seem to find its feet. No, that, no. The, the whole movie was a first act, it felt like to me. It's just... Sure. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, Which I'm sure that they are clearly trying to set up, like, well, now that they're set up as a team, let's do another film. It's like, you can't have an entire first film just to set up a second film. You need to have something. No, Yeah, this whole film felt like the first 40 minutes of Avengers. That's how it felt to me. (laughs) What about you, Brendan? Except not fun. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely a dark film. Um, Yeah, um, I think you guys hit the nail on the head because basically what you guys just said is that, and this is what this movie is, this movie is set up an exposition for a movie that never happens. That's that's what this movie is. It's it's not even a movie. It's all a first act, like you said. Um, and like uh, I'm going to come right off the bat and say, like I don't. This is not a good film. I'm not recommending this film. But I do not think it's as bad as people are saying. Um, I don't think it's 10% Rotten Tomatoes bad. That is that. low. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it. I think it's just based on you know. Uh, expectations and perceptions because everyone heard about all these problems that this film was having on set and I'm not sure how much of it is true whether like Josh Trank showing up being irresponsible and drunk on set I don't know how true that is or not I don't really care Uh, but I feel like people take this so much to heart that they go into the movie expecting it to be bad and wanting it to be bad for those reasons and Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that this movie that the criticisms for this movie aren't warranted because they are I do think the first half of this film is 
pretty good. I think I think up, up until they get to the the point where they travel to this other dimension, I think the pacing is overall pretty good. I thought the chemistry between these leads was I I I thought it was believable in the sense that I could accept it. But then we get to a point where the time jumps to one year later and at that point it felt like 10 different filmmakers got on board. In fact, I'm willing to predict that Josh Trank left production at that one year later mark and then the, the studio had to finish it then because nothing happens in this movie then. And that's and I got really, really bored. The writing even changed. The direction changed. It got so stiff. Everything got so wooden. They waste the villain here. I mean, this is not Doctor Doom. In fact, if you want to judge this film just as an adaptation of this comic, it's, it's, it's god-awful. It's not. This is not the Fantastic Four. As a movie, there are moments that I didn't hate it, but no, it's it's not a good movie. And even as an adaptation, the, the 2005 and 2007 films are technically better adaptations, which is astounding to say. But it, it I don't is, think it's yeah. as bad as people are saying, but it's still not good. Yeah, I'm actually in your camp in a lot of ways, Brendan. But I, I want to say up front, I agree with you, Paul and Brian and, and Brendan as well, that this is not a great movie by any means. The best way that I can describe it is it's like eating a saltless cracker. It is so bland and unappetizing. Yeah. yeah. I will say, though, that I think there are seeds of a good idea here, and we see the tips of those ideas. But that's pretty much all it ever is. It just becomes so mundane, especially in the second half, and it fizzles out very quickly. I will say I think my favorite scene in the entire film is when they do this test run and they send these chimps back uh, to this other dimension. And as soon as the chimp comes back, there's a really great shot where it gets a, a little bit of a close-up on Toby Kevill's character. And he <laughs> asks the question, yeah. is the chimp okay? <laughs> Which I thought was so great. <laughs> uh, from um, Koba himself. Yeah, from Koba himself. Oh, that's all I could picture. Easily the best moment of the movie. Now, of course, this movie is bad. We can talk about how how bad it is all day long. And in the opening segment, I said that I was going to rant about this a little bit, and I am. But maybe for not the reasons that a lot of people were expecting. Because what I want to rant about, Brendan, and this is obviously a lot more fascinating and entertaining than the actual movie itself, but is Josh Trank himself in this whole situation? I want to talk about this for a little bit because, yeah, as you were talking, yeah, because as you were talking about Brendan, of course, this was a property that had lots of production issues, and a lot of rumors started circulating. Uh, fans of the property, I think, hated and reviled this even before the movie came out. I'm not a huge fan of the property itself, so the changes they made didn't necessarily bother me. In fact, mm-hmm. in the first half of the film, I like. Trank's vision and what he was doing with it at the very beginning. Yeah, it was at least consistent, and that's all I cared about. Yeah. Now, I was listening to the War Machine versus War Horse podcast before we came on, and Michael Denniston said, said something that I thought was really interesting, and you kind of touched on this already, Brennan, is he was saying he used the word cowards and bloggers. Those are his words. <laughs> but a lot of people that wanted to hate this property are going to have a lot of fun with this, and I could mm-hmm. understand why. It is a bad movie, but this whole mob mentality about this is a bit absurd to me. I feel like a lot of people wanted to hate this going into it, and so when when they see some bad stuff on screen, they just go crazy with it because I don't think it's 10% and Rotten Tomatoes bad either. I don't even think it's close. Is it a bad movie? Absolutely. It's a bad movie, but I feel like it's gone a little bit overboard. And, yeah. and this is where I kind of want to 
take the conversation for a little bit because, you know, Josh Trank seems like the kind of guy based off of what I know about him that needs to have control. And when Fox took that control away from him, he pretty much emotionally unraveled. But what I like about it is that he kind of called out Fox on that. He's like, this is not my movie. And this is kind of like a, a, a something that directors don't do, even though it happens all the time. This stuff happens mm-hmm. all the time, but I love that Trank went out publicly and said, hey, this isn't my film. Fox took it away from me. And I like that. And maybe he could have acted with a little bit more maturity and he could have, you know, responded a little bit different. But, you know, according to a lot of reports, Fox didn't respond well either. And they essentially stripped him of what he was wanting to do with this. And you can tell, as you said, Brennan, once he got to that point, it's a completely different movie in the second half. Yeah. And that to me is really fascinating i i'm kind of on his train if you will yeah and i i wasn't at least you normal when i see a director do something like that i usually kind of see the director as being maybe not cowardly is the right word but i usually can't side with them because they're kind of being uh they're they're, they're trying to defend themselves more than the product sure. themselves and they're trying to find sure. an easy way out but having seen this film i i i'm kind of veering more towards his camp that i think the culprit here was fox studios and some of the uh you know some of the stuff that they've been involved in in the past with other films i feel i think i can't think of any examples offhand but i know it's happened before especially with fox uh i i think i can believe it and it's also ironic that the cast themselves hadn't even seen the movie even like when it came out they hadn't even seen the final product which i think is incredibly interesting yeah but i i I think it's a fascinating point (laughs) 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 i i could yeah i think i think they may have a good point but i i uh I do see your point, J.D., and I'm kind of in agreement with it, to be honest. Well, I think, for one, when you see the movie, I mean, the first half is the more fascinating part of it, and I I take Trank at his word that that was the vision that he wanted to go with, and I think Fox set him up to fail, and I think that's the thing that's the most disappointing to me is because I can see the seeds that he planted, but then you can tell where Fox really took over. I mean, it's on record that there were script rewrites and production changes right before production yeah. started. Yeah, right and even during filming, I think, too. Even during filming. And they fought Trank on casting choices that he wanted. And according to this Entertainment Weekly article I was reading, basically sources close to the film were saying that Fox stripped him pretty much early on. So a lot of this final product isn't even Trank, even though his name is attached to it. And then, of course, there's a lot of other stuff that goes into that. And I think, for me, that's why I'm kind of in Trank's camp here a little bit, because the seeds that I saw, I liked. Because it's in the beginning, it's kind of more of like this sci-fi horror element. It's kind of like Alien meets Chronicle a little bit. And so Mm -hmm. I liked that direction. And then it takes a way incredibly awful different turn in the third act of this movie. Yeah, basically becomes a comedy. Yeah, absolutely. So you can see where the studio was stepping on his toes a lot. And it's like, if you're going to hire a guy to do the job, and obviously they hired him for a reason, right? Let him do the job. You hired him for his vision. You already approved the budget. You approved the scripts. You approved the actors. And then you change all of that right before production. And you may have your reasons, and it's your money, but you set up the guy to fail from the beginning. And and again, like I said, Trank could have responded a little bit differently in some situations. It's not all Fox's fault, but still, you know, like when I, when I see it based off of the evidence that's right in front of me, it's like, I'm, I, I agree with you, Brennan. I, I see Fox more as the culprit here than Trank, but Paul and Brian, anything to add to that? Uh, I don't, I, 
I'm not as willing to uh, give Trank a pass on this. Um, I do think it's more Fox. I will agree with that. But from what I understood, he was just a complete mess to work with. Um, but, you know, you get both sides firing shots of who's telling the truth. Um, sure. Right. It, but, yeah, it just sounded like he was, I don't know, just a pain, to put it lightly, to deal with. <laughs> yeah, but, would, but wouldn't it be fair to say that when Fox strips you of your budget and your script and even actors right before production gets going, wouldn't that make you a little upset? Like I, I, I understand that fair, yes. I understand yeah. he could have reacted a little bit differently, but I can sympathize with him getting pissed off. Yes, and I would love to see this movie that in 2014 that you know his cut. I would love sure. to see. Sure, sure. <laughs> I would love to see a documentary. I'd love to see a documentary yeah. of the making oh of this film. Oh, what happened yeah. behind scenes? <laughs> oh yeah, that would yeah, be crazy. That'd be, that would be fantastic. It, it sounds yeah. to me like they should have brought back the Alan Smithy moniker. Uh, for this yeah. one, <laughs> given that yeah. apparently nobody really directed this, then <laughs> <laughs> I yes, yeah. it was directionless. <laughs> just yeah. say, Absolutely, uh, but it, uh, oh, and, and just real fast to your point, though, Brian, is that and this is I feel like where Josh Trank failed the most is that he should have been a little bit more calm in his response because, mm-hmm. like I was saying earlier, this stuff happens all the time. But even earlier this year, uh, Colin Trevorrow went from a small indie sci-fi to a big budget movie. And I'm sure that there was some studio interference there too, but you didn't hear any of this. Like he was calm in his reaction and that movie went off without a hitch, right? Obviously broke all kinds of records. So it's, it's been done before that. I feel like is where Trank really, I think hurt himself the most is he should have responded a lot differently than what he did, but I can sympathize with why he was upset. Yeah. And for me, the number one thing that I, felt this was uh, doomed uh, from the beginning was that the reason this got made was Fox was going to lose their rights. Yeah, uh, sure, sure. So yeah. anytime that's your motivating factor, <laughs> I think that's setting yeah. things up slightly. That's, that's a really so good point, yes. Basically the same reason Terminator Genesis exists. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, right. so they could keep the rights on the property, yeah. Well, it's, well, and mean, it's that, ironic because that's the same reason why the Fantastic Four film from the early 90s exists because it was never meant to see the light of day and they just released it direct to video, I heard, because they just needed the rights retained. Uh, but But that's the only reason why that film ever came out. So it's ironic that that's essentially the same scenario here yeah. but uh, i don't know maybe 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 we'll finally see another group of superheroes joining the marvel cinematic universe now because i even heard rumors that fox is thinking about pulling this film from theaters of how bad the response is and how much of a <laughs> flop it's being i would like to point out that despite what it says at the front of the film this is not a marvel film this yes this is sure. marvel this is only because they technically created the characters and yeah, that's right. it. Like, there's not even any Stan Lee in this film. No, no. I want to do as much as I can to make sure people know that this yes. has nothing to do with the Marvel yes, Cinematic Universe. Marvel's real tiny in the corner on, on the posters. It's not big. That's how you know. They're like, do we have to put our name on the poster? Like, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Well, you know, they won't even let Fox sell their toys and they stop the comic run yeah. of it, too. Like, yeah. uh, well, just... If this is any indication, it wasn't even good enough for 3D, which if that's – they'll put anything in 3D. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean I should say a wide release 3D. It's now yeah. to the point that anytime you see that icon saying see it in large format, that logo there, every time I see that now I'm going to automatically assume, well, the movie's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> 
Uh, well, I guess we can kind of get back to the movie itself, even though that conversation I feel like is a lot more interesting. But, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I guess my biggest frustration I think can be summed up in one scene, and that is when they get captured after this event happens, and uh, the Reed character is trying to get to Ben and he can hear Ben kind of screaming out for him, which I thought was kind of a visceral scene. I think that was the heart of what Trank was trying to get at. And I think on paper, you can just kind of sympathize with that idea anyway. And someone struggling with those kinds of changes that just happened to him. But right after that, the film pretty much abandons all of that. And that's when we, you know, we pretty much get to that one year later moment that you were talking about, Brendan. And that to me is my biggest frustration because I like that scene on its own. You strip everything away. I feel like that scene had the heart of what I feel like Trank was trying to do. And then the rest of the film wasn't able to keep up. And it just becomes a, a gigantic mess after that. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's, my, that's my biggest frustration with this film as well, GD. I think you hit the nail on the head because one of the things I did like about this film, especially in the first half, is something I didn't quite get from the 2005 and 2007 films, you know, with Chris Evans and uh, Jessica Alba and all of them, is that the essence of the Fantastic Four is that this is like the first superhero family in many ways. And I could see what Josh Trank, I guess, wanted to do here was make it feel kind of familial, but as friend, but kind of driven by friendship more than anything else. And I kind of felt that sense of camaraderie with them, and I thought their chemistry wasn't that bad in the first half. But you're right. At that one year later, Mark, all that all that development and all that heart there was completely thrown out the window for just – for essentially nothing to happen. It's, it, I mean, and that's, that's really yeah. my biggest frustration here. And like, there's really no conflict. There's really hardly anything at stake. I mean Earth, I guess, is sort of in peril, but not But that really. is so yeah. contrived. It is it's so, so contrived. contrived. It's so unreal. Slightly <laughs> in peril, yeah. yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It's, and, yeah. and it's a complete waste of who is arguably one of the greatest villains in the entire Marvel Universe, at least in the comic book world. Um, I don't mind that they want to do something a little bit different here, but the villain, even just represented as its own here, is it, it, he's nonsense. And, and I like Toby Kebbell. I thought he was actually, as the character of Victor in the first half, I actually thought his character was kind of interesting. I thought he had some pretty interesting one-liners. He was actually kind of funny at times. But as a villain, he his motivation makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. I can't get behind it. And he's also only on screen for about 20 minutes as the villain. Yes. 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 Maybe if less that, than that. that. That might even Probably be generous. Probably less than that, yeah. This film is... Possibly the shortest superhero film I've ever seen, and it felt like the longest. <laughs> uh, I was going to make that same point at some time, yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I've I never agree with that. felt 100 minutes last so long. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah I, and I, maybe it's because of the different shifts in tone. I mean, the opening, what, 10, 15 minutes with Homer Simpson felt like Stand By Me, and then it mm-hmm. jumped into this uh, kid geniuses thing, which it's one thing I didn't like about their take on it is that. The Fantastic Four are older people that have been working in the scientific community for a while, and then they get the powers. Like, it, and these guys are just, well, they've just got out of school, and now they had to work at a team. And that, that didn't work for me. <laughs> I, uh, I I just wanted to talk a little bit about the four themselves and how you guys kind of felt as an ensemble. I thought even the four beyond that, I would say the five: Kate Mara, Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Bell, and Toby Kebbell. All wonderfully talented people, I would say. Yeah. And completely, yeah. completely wasted in this film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd say, I, I, yeah. I didn't even feel chemistry with them in the first half. I, I just, 
There was no... Because yeah. this should be a family. They should be bonded. And there was none of that for me. No, I, like I said earlier, the, the Fantastic Four with uh, Jessica Alba and Chris Evans, like they felt much more like a family and a team to me yeah. than these guys ever did. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I'm actually glad that you guys brought that up because that was a question I was going to raise to you guys after Brendan brought it up earlier. And I'm actually more in your guys' camp, although I love them all as actors, and that was my biggest hope coming into this is, you know, I, I like Josh Trank. At least I loved Chronicle a lot. So, And from what I, what I buy into anyway is his vision for this. I'll be in his camp to see more of his films later. But I really like the cast there. I think the cast is awesome, but I agree they're absolutely wasted. And I didn't really feel their chemistry at all. I felt like all the relationships were really bland. And really, I think the fault with the cast really isn't so much the performances as, as you guys were saying. They have nothing to work with. And and the pacing yeah. is all over the place. The story is just a giant mess. And we never really get a chance to see them bond with one another. I mean, there are a few scenes where we see it here and there, but especially the brother-sister relationship, I didn't feel that at all. Exactly. I felt yeah. it a little bit with the Reed Richards and the Ben story a little bit, but again, that is fleshed out so superficially. And the only reason that scene really worked for me earlier, I feel like is on paper, I sympathize with the idea of what these characters were going through. And I feel like it's viscerally well executed, but it's not as earned as it could have been. And and that, to me, is also a big disappointment with this movie. It, there was no team chemistry at all. Yeah, let, and let me jump in a bit to kind of defend myself as to why I said that I felt like that there was a sense of camaraderie there. I guess it's because in that first half, I, f I did feel like it was going to be building up to where the chemistry was fully fleshed out. And and we would have gotten like you're talking about that one scene, JD, where uh, you've got Reed Richards trying to rescue Ben it leads to kind of a almost a minorly cathartic moment that you thought that you wanted to see more explore, but they kind of abandoned that notion. Sure. Um, and I think the reason why this the chemistry, for, at least for most people, and I could see why it's not there for most people. I think the reason why it's just not there is because they totally abandon everything when it gets to that whole one year later mark. Yeah. The entire second I half of the film, that, it completely yeah. abandons it. But the reason why I think I still like the first half because I felt like it was building to that. Um, uh, to, to at least kind of culminate in a way where you did feel like these guys are a family. I think it was on pace to do that, and I could see where those seeds were being planted, at least from Josh Trank's probably his original vision. It just was abandoned, which makes the chemistry not there because it was never it, it never came to its turning point. It never came to its conclusion. Uh, but I thought the seeds were there. I did yeah. think the seeds were there. And I would agree with that, and I would buy into those seeds. I just don't think that they grow to anything oh, significant. Doesn't. Absolutely yeah. doesn't. Absolutely. That's that's yeah. I just, yeah. but that's why I still say if since I could still recognize those seeds, I will give some yeah. credit to it in the first that's, half. And that's fair, absolutely. Um, another thing too about this, and I'll be curious to hear you guys' thoughts is, you know, I I'm pretty tired of the whole military trying to manipulate trope. Now, if it's well executed, I'm perfectly okay with that. Brennan, we talk about that really. We talked about that with Southpaw and a lot of other movies earlier this year. If you give me the same tropes over and over, at least do something good with it. That's yeah. a trope that is pretty tiresome, and here it fails as miserably as anything else can. And we already talked about the stakes at the end are absolutely ridiculous. And how about the ending of this movie is eye-rollingly bad and is ripped oh, straight oh. from the Avengers. It's ripped straight from the Avengers. It's so bad. Oh. No words. It no is. words. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. I'll yeah. I, I, you know what? I was excited, though. I was excited 
when I felt that finale, not for the finale, but because I knew it's the movie done. Yes, thank God it's over. <laughs> that was the only reason I was excited for that. And then finale. it leads to this, uh, you know, this they they try to they act like you could tell the Fox Studios themselves were trying to cumulate this film with that sense of camaraderie that we knew we were that we knew was missing, and I think they knew it was too because they have this like this dialogue and this conversation that's happened between the four of them at the very, very end about yeah. how they want to name themselves. It's like, it is so God awful. It's, it's so like, bad. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and they at least had the sense not to say the line. Um, I, I will give them that because I would have stood up and given the bird to the screen and probably punched. The <laughs> instead the title, <laughs> instead the title of the movie appears and does it for you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. They really may as well have that. They might yeah. as well, yeah. Getting, if you're going to go like, that route. Yeah, it's fantastic. Say that again? <laughs> mm-hmm. like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, even, I don't even buy the character of Ben Grimm saying the word fantastic. I don't, yeah, he's I never don't said think it that's anymore. in his lexicon. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, it is pretty bad. Uh, let's get to final thoughts and grades, though. I think we've talked about this enough. Uh, any other final thoughts and what grades would you guys give fantastic for? Well... I mean, the problem when it comes to grading this film is, as we said, there's so many bad parts to the film, but I can't necessarily fault the acting because I'm sure they were doing the best with what they had. Yes. <laughs> but everything else, like, the, some of the graphics weren't even that great half the time. Like, it's, uh, it seemed like this film was just very rushed from the start. I'm going to say, uh, like, I'm going to be generous and give it a 4 out of 10, I think. Because, yeah, it's, it's not the worst film I've ever seen. It was just so boring. It was <laughs> completely uninteresting, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm right there along with you, Paul. Um, I just felt completely over the film <laughs> 10 minutes into it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, stuck with it, but... It just led to nowhere. Um, so long getting into the action, and I use action with heavy quotations. Yeah. Action of the sword. Uh, yeah. Yes. Action <laughs> meaning something other than just. Uh, hardly anything worked for me. Like you said, a few seeds of some interesting ideas, but never explored. Uh, for me, like you know, the the perfect moment for me in the film um, that kind of goes with my thinking is when Reed and Sue are talking and kind of getting to know each other and a slight bit of flirtation is happening and Victor interrupts it and in so doing so interrupts any potential chemistry that the rest of the film had <laughs> it's kind of what sure. it felt yeah. uh, for me and uh, like that, after that I thought I was done so uh, you guys used the letter <laughs> yep. grades correct <laughs> I'll, I'll go along with the letter grade okay. for you and give it a uh, very I was going to say D minus but a very very light Okay, fair enough. What about, what about you, Brendan? Yeah, um, I'll talk about other few good things. Um, you know, I like the score here, Marco Beltran. Yeah. is that his name? Yeah, I, yep. I thought the music was fine. The music at least felt like that there was that they were trying to do something good here, unlike what Fox Studios gave us. And you know, something you guys were talking about uh, was uh, the special effects here. I mean, there's a scene where Reed Richards kind of morphs his face to disguise himself yeah. as someone else, and I watched that and thought. How the hell was that digital piece of shit approved for a final film? I mean, <laughs> they it did it better like some- in Fury Seven. Yeah, it, it it looked like something from 1993. It's, it was <laughs> terrible, but I felt like that a lot with the special effects in the final act of this film too. It was yeah. Oh god, it was just it wasn't polished. It felt like they didn't care, but they didn't. Know, that's I, cool. I was 
I was going to say earlier as well that the monkey looked worse than the monkeys from the well, Rise of the Planet of yeah. the Apes. Yeah. The oh, I thought those apes looked great, yeah. It, it, and it was only on screen for, what, 30 seconds in total? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some of the best acting in that. Yeah. <laughs> by, by a digital freaking monkey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm having a hard time wanting to grade this film because just, you know, because judging this as a, as a representation of the Fantastic Four comics, if you want to look at it as an adaptation, it's a flat-out fail. It's, this is not the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Um, as a movie itself, it's still pretty terrible. It's like a D-range film. I completely agree with you guys. The reason why I'm a bit more kind of – I feel like I'm giving it some more credit than it probably deserves is because within the first half, I could see those – those seeds that Josh Trank was planting where a good idea was, and I could see where a good film was. And like I said, I thought the first half had enough good things going for it that I potentially saw where it could go, and I was looking forward to it. It's just, of course, once the third, once one year later comes onto the screen, it's a complete atrocity of a film then. But those good ideas that I recognize, I'm, I'm maybe giving a bit too much credit to, but I still am. So I'll, I'll give it a C minus. I will give it a, I, mostly because where those good ideas were, uh, I was happy with. But that's that's the best I can yeah. say about it. Yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot about how this film has a lot of flaws, and it certainly does. But I didn't really completely hate this movie. I liked the original vision and the tone-in style of the first half. For me, like I was saying, it kind of felt like this sci-fi horror adventure film at the beginning of it. And I feel like that camaraderie that we were talking about that wasn't earned could have been felt if it just stuck to those guns. It was but, paced. It was on its way to get there, but it yeah, didn't. It absolutely. Didn't us, yeah. But then they switch it completely, which is so ironic that Fox wanted to change that to get what they wanted. And yet they failed miserably at it. But you know, the fantastic four, there's these really interesting notions. I think of a family and abandonment and struggling with this new identity that you had happened to you, whether you liked it or not. I think that is an interesting idea, especially within the tone of style that I think Trank was really going for. But ultimately, none of those ideas are fleshed out, and this becomes a giant mess. But I think that's why going forward, whether it's in Fox's hands or maybe it gets over to Disney and Marvel, I don't know, I would like to see this property done right because I feel like those ideas are interesting and I think within these characters you can make something great out of it but it's felt like Fox just hasn't really given a shit about this property we've seen that three times now and three times it has failed miserably so um, if Fox mm-hmm. isn't going to care about it give it to someone that does because I do like on paper everything that this franchise could be um, all I that, agree. all that being said, as far as other final thoughts, Brennan, you brought up Doom's motives in the third act, which are egregiously bad. You know what would have been really funny though, and what really could have just solved this problem? This is a character that just wanted to be alone. Just let him be alone on his planet, and everything would have yeah. been fine. Problem solved. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That's all. It's, that it's, it's, it's incredibly happen. ironic. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. But what are you gonna do? Uh, I will say I did like the Dr. Franklin Storm character. I think he grounds the film in a lot of ways and gives it some authentic heart. I like that they are self-aware in his speeches and his dialogue I thought was really good. And it worked for that character where they tried to do the same thing with the Reed Richards character. It was cheesy and it was corny and it didn't work near the end. But with that character, it worked great. He was about the only 
I think, really well fleshed out character in the movie. And I did like that about the film. Uh, one other thing that I'll say, and then I'll give my grade is, and I think this is important to note in terms of comparing this movie to other films. And I was listening to the true romance film podcast. And I feel like I can bring this up because Hiro can take it and he knows that I love him. <laughs> uh, but on their show, he was saying that this is just nothing more than a carbon copy of Avengers and other Marvel films. And I just can't agree with that at all. I think on the surface, yes, this film follows the same formula, but with fantastic four, this is all over the place. Marvel, to me, I think is pretty good at making sense of that formula that they have, and they make it fun. This movie is not very fun, and it doesn't have any humor in it. It's just boring all the way throughout. It's just really mundane, where Marvel films, even when they don't hit all the right notes, I still have a lot of fun with those movies. So that, to me, I think is the big difference and why I can't agree with something like that. So in comparison... This movie, while I don't hate it, and I don't think it's nearly as bad as its Rotten Tomato score, but Marvel's bad movies, I still think, are miles above what this one is. Sure, yeah. And all that being said, I wouldn't recommend this. I would probably give it a C- minus as well. And the Marco Beltrami score, I would also agree, Brennan, is really, really good. I like that one as well. So anyway, on that note, if you want to read more of my thoughts, I will have some stuff on this on our Letterbox page at letterbox.com slash boom. And if you agree or disagree with our takes on Fant Four Stick or Fantastic Boar or Fantastic Chore or <laughs> I just had to throw them out there, <laughs> let us know by leaving a comment on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash incessionfilm. Tweet us at incessionfilm, and you can also leave us a comment on Google Plus or email us at incessionfilm at gmail.com. All right, the Incession Film Top 3 is next, and we'll be discussing our top three superpowers in film. With great power comes great responsibility. You hear that, Fox? Yes, it's your fault, Fox. Damn it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Now we're going to be going over our top three for this week. And on the subject of Fant Four Stick that we just reviewed, we're going to be talking about our top three superpowers, uh, either represented in film or just in general, whatever you guys have. But before we get going, uh, did you guys have any criteria that you had that you used to pick your list specifically? Uh, we'll toss to Brian and Paul, you guys first. Uh, well, I just kind of thought what would be the coolest to have or uh, most amusing. It, it's kind of a mix, just... Uh, yeah, it was just kind of whatever popped into my head. Like, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I, I, I kind of thought what would be the most useful. useful. Like, not oh. even this, because obviously <laughs> there's... Magic. Okay. That's saying that there's really cool powers to have, and then there's powers that you would just kill to have. Like, that's right, kinda, sure. But I went with. 
Yeah, and I, I hear you on that. And how about you, JD? Well, great minds think alike uh, because my criteria is pretty much the same as Paul and Brian. I just wanted three powers that I either found useful or that I thought would kind of be badass to have, but I did try to incorporate a lot of practical use into my top three. Uh, then our criteria is very boring and repetitive because I'm in the exact same boat as you Wait, guys. are we back talking about Fantastic Four, boring and repetitive? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, unfortunately. I think, yeah, let's just review that movie. No, I want to get away from that. Um, but yeah, I'm in the same boat as you guys, and it's really more based on what powers I would like to have that I think I can find some personal use for, as you guys are just talking about. Not just, you know, like, like for example, like, you know, Superman has heat vision. I mean, as cool as that is, I don't think I need that. <laughs> but, but <laughs> you can make an argument for it. <laughs> you can make an argument, but me personally, I think I can find some. I could use it to cook food, but that's sure. about it. But, I mean, cup well, of noodles. You're talking like two seconds for a cup. Yeah, of noodles, exactly. right? yeah, yeah. That's how you, you boil the water so quickly. Yeah, that is useful. I don't got a minute to just sit around and wait. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I, I wanted to focus on that. And one thing I do want to say is that one of my quote unquote superpowers isn't really a superpower. And I wanted, originally, I wanted to exclude anything that was, you know, I wanted to exclude something that was a bit, or I wanted to include things that are a bit more on the super aspect of superpowers, I guess more in the supernatural. But I decided to get rid of that criteria because there's one power I have on my top three that I think is something I would like to have, so I decided to include that. But we'll get to that point later. Um, <laughs> I have on one that very note, similar, so yeah. Yep. yeah. On that note, uh, Brian, we'll toss it to you first. What is your number three? Okay. Uh, my number three, it's very simple. I would just like uh, Professor Xavier's ability to read minds. Mm. Um, uh, that would be fantastically useful uh, uh-huh. in my day-to-day, I think. Now... <laughs> Now, I do want clarification. Do you just want his ability to read minds, or do you want his ability to control as well? Just, just to read. No, just no, no. Read. I just okay. want to, you know, take temperatures of everybody. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure. Turn it on and off, not have it always flooding in. Yeah, but, yeah that you yeah. would go insane. And I would also like to not be in a wheelchair. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you want to be able to walk. Yeah. I don't want the whole package. Yeah, I just want the mind reading. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. How about you, Paul? All right. Well. After thinking long and hard, I decided to go with telekinesis. Just because... Okay. Like, a, you could win a lot of bar bets. And, and, <laughs> well, the number one reason to have yeah, super power is bar bets. Come on. And, yeah. and then also just the number of times that you like need to move something. It's like, I've got to... I've now got to call yeah. someone to come around and help so me. So laziness. You've met me, right? I'm yeah. lazy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so like, well, if I can just move that over there. So yeah, any certain go, superhero <laughs> that has telekinetic powers that you're basing that off of just general telekinesis? No, I mean, I, yeah, if you're going to go with the thing, thinking about that, then no, probably Jean Grey would pop okay. straight into my head. Cause, before she goes off the deep end is, is dark it Phoenix. Goes off, but, it goes <laughs> all Phoenixified, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but... Yeah, As so well represented in X-Men 3. <laughs> yeah, so oh, well. yes. <laughs> oh, written by, did you know this? Uh, Simon uh, Kinberg? Uh, uh, was it really? Yes. I'm not sure who, I uh, wrote about a little home called Fantastic Four. Shows how much I forget that movie exists. <laughs> yeah. No, well, you're right. Marvel has made it so it now doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> well, sorry. Uh, fuck. Sorry, uh, I don't beautiful. care at this point. <laughs> yeah, how about you guys? Uh, how about you, JD? You'll go first. Uh, well, I'll go through mine quickly because I have two at my number three slot. Because um, <laughs> hey, it's my Cheater. show. I can do what I want. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I'm leading the segment. I say, no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. 
Uh, so I have two, and one of them, I guess, is because it's more of a thing that I want, but I think it's cool. And it's not necessarily what you would think of as typical superhero. But the first one I want to talk about is while, you know, just a few moments ago, we were talking about telepathy, which would be cool. But as you were saying, Paul, it has this potential to be a little bit overwhelming, as we saw in Days of Future Past. So what I wanted to do is do something kind of the same. It would take a little bit more of uh, a physical nature to it, but I would like to be Ant-Man or like have the shrinking power of Ant-Man because in the same vein, I could essentially be a fly on a wall, but with superhuman strength. So if I wanted to listen to somebody and get their thoughts, I could essentially be in the same room with them without them ever knowing about it. And now I have the information on them if I ever needed. So I think, and if and if they talk <laughs> on you, uh, you get to beat them up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I like that. I, I like with the shrinking power, you can essentially just be unknown, but still get the information you want. So that's kind of where I was going with that. And then my other one, real fast, is I would like to be or, or have the powers of the Avatar in the world of the Last Airbender. Uh, cause I love that world and the idea of throwing rocks around and creating fire and manipulating water and wind is just interesting to me. And why I hate huh. that goddamn movie so much is because I love the world and M night completely f- it over for me. So, uh, but so for, for the record, let's just, let's just say that you're using it from the TV show instead. Cause yeah, that's yeah. where the good, sure. Is. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I was using it from the TV show, but I'd love to be able to do that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I, that's a, I, I like that pick, actually. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, how it's represented in that show, or even The Legend of Korra. I'm not sure yeah. if you ever watched any a of that bit, show, but yeah. that's, a lot of people would even argue that it's even better, and, I can, and I've seen a few episodes. I can see why, but that's mm. a very interesting pick. Nice, nice way to think outside the box. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. I may, have to, I may have to put that as an honorable mention all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But anyway, I guess for my number three, um, I'm going with something that's it, – while it's something I think I'd like to have, it's actually something I can relate to um, because, knock on wood, I have yet to break a bone in my body before. So <laughs> yeah, I, And, and I want to right. I, I keep it that way. So I think I'm going to go with you know David Dunn's ability to be unbreakable from the movie wow. Unbreakable. Yeah. Um, wow. That makes me so- glass man, by the way. So. <laughs> <laughs> I broke my 14 bones. Oh. So, yeah. uh, I, I can't even fathom that kind of pain. I've never, I've never experienced that. Maybe I'm just not quite a daredevil enough, but – uh, but but you know on the subject of N Night Shyamalan you know as much as he yeah. sc- completely screwed over the last Airbender I think Unbreakable is one yeah. of his better films I think it's the best yeah. yeah it's good I could I could see that argument it's a very consistent film but uh, I think that's a that's an ability while I can relate to it's definitely one I want to I want to hold on to maybe you know maybe if I ever get into a massive train accident and I'll test that theory <laughs> <laughs> get back uh, but yeah. I don't want to test that but I think it's it's. It's some. I don't want to. I never want to go through that kind of pain of you know you know breaking a bone or anything like that. So I want to. Sure. I want to retain this ability to be unbreakable. Depends on the bones. <laughs> it, it's not too bad sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless it's like a femur. It just depends on the bone. Unless it's like a femur or something like that. But, sure. 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 Oh god. Yeah. I'm, I've sprained some joints and things like that, but never broken a bone. But I. Yeah. So I can't relate to it. But anyway, uh, let's continue on just for the sake of time. Uh, what did you guys have at your number two pick? We'll toss to you first, Brian. Uh, number two, I want to be able to do all things Groot. <laughs> you want nice. to be Groot. I, I, I would like to have a larger vocabulary than Groot. Uh, I was just going to say, do you only want to know three words? Well, you know, makes conversation cool. easy, but, you know, yeah, it does. small talk. You don't really have to talk about the weather a whole lot. I'm uh, raining a lot. I am Groot. Mm. 
<laughs> but yeah, you can also dance. You can also dance pretty well. The, the way his abilities were revealed throughout that film, like, oh, when did you learn how to do that? You know, it's kind of like, sure. <laughs> yeah, I am Groot. Yeah, I just Groot's the shit. So yeah, <laughs> why not? I want to be able to make myself in a big tree ball and protect my friends. Yeah, and, and then because have some little tiny saplings. Yeah, why not? I mean. Yeah. yeah, and then like you get hacked apart, and then you can be Baby Groot and <laughs> and, 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 and dance. dance. Yeah, Jackson dance Five. Dance in a potted plant. Yeah, what's not hey, to love? Dancing is a valuable superpower to have. Yes, I agree. <laughs> also, I'm sure I could win quite a few bar bets. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yes. Yeah. In yeah. fact, one of my honorable mentions is going to be John Travolta from Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's that's actually not true. <laughs> uh, Paul, what do you have at number two? All right. Uh, well. Once again, trying to think of, I am obviously an English man living in America, and what would be really nice for me to be able to get over to England from time to time? Flight. Ah, yeah. Mm. Just how fast do you fly, by the way? Oh, I don't know, really. No, never actually, uh, you know, bothered to time myself. No? Say, why don't we find out? And how do you propose we do that? Take a ride with me? You mean I could fly? Well, actually, uh, I'd be handling the flying if that's okay. This is utterly fantastic. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Where are you going? Are you serious? Sure. What's the matter? Don't you want to go? Okay. You don't need these. I need a sweater. It must be kind of cold. No, you'd be warm enough. I, w- I want to be able to just take off and get, like... Supersonic speed would be handy, but just being <laughs> yeah. able to fly without aid of a several hundred dollar plane ticket would be lovely. So, yeah. so you also don't want the ability to be able to, uh, you know, spin the orbit of the Earth in the other opposite direction in reverse time. Uh, now, I, I will, and the Earth. I will say one <laughs> fan theory I've heard on that, which kind of makes sense, is that he's not making the Earth go back in time. He's going so fast that he's going back in time. Yeah. Well, and and that actually kind of well, I was going to say a true theory, but Neil deGrasse Tyson has said that about the Flash. So you can say the same thing with Superman. Oh, did, is, oh, did you hear that uh, Star Talk episode? Yeah, because yeah. he was saying if he gets to a certain enough speed, that he will hit time travel. Yeah, if, yeah. if you go yeah, faster than FTL long, travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Neil deGrasse Tyson, for making me like that movie more yeah. now. Because <laughs> he was, all, but he also spoke to what you're saying, Brendan, with. You know, and what was it, Superman Two? I'm not sure which movie it was, but where he he does try to get the Earth to go backwards. He said if mm-hmm. if that was to happen, what would happen is the Earth would just come to a stop. But because it's rotating, obviously at a, at a really high speed, that if the Earth just slowed down a little bit, everyone would just start flying across the world. Like when you're in a in a car and you slam on your brakes and you go forward, like yes, that that sure. motion that <laughs> propels you forward. That's exactly what would happen, but at you know 100 thousand miles per hour so oh god so so it, so we'd the all planet die wouldn't get yes so the planet w- the planet wouldn't get cooked like like the movie the core taught us it's <laughs> no. we'd all die uh, essentially so everything i know about science I well, not, from the now core, that was so. different that, yeah, was the, exactly. don't ruin that was the inside of the earth that stopped spinning not the outside ah oh, true yeah. okay yeah shows how much i pay attention during those films <laughs> i actually enjoyed that film so i kind of <laughs> You're the guy. Yeah, oh, we found him. I didn't buy it. I just enjoyed it. <laughs> nice defense. Anyway, JD, what's your number two? My number two, I think, I think kind of goes back to something that you were talking about in your criteria, Brendan, in the sense that this 
is quote unquote not a superpower, but I think that it very much is. And I think if you think don't think that going. this is a superpower, I think you're crazy. I think I know you're going, and so, I think it's going to be the same as my number. <laughs> oh my god! If it's my number, oh, I'm going to lose. So my <laughs> oh, number two, we'll see. My number two is the wealth that Batman has. His money, oh. his moolah is his superpower. And having that kind of money, again, maybe not a superpower to some. I think it very much is because it allows him to do whatever the hell he wants, which means being a vigilante at night. And Much in the way of Tony Stark, too. Much in the way of Tony Stark, absolutely. So I think having that kind of money brings a lot of power and it brings... Uh, a lot of fun gadgets along the way. So I think it very much is his superpower. And the the big difference between that and why I use Batman specifically is because while Tony Stark has a lot of money, I think his biggest superpower is his intelligence. Um, and that's the difference mm-hmm. for me. And not to say that Batman isn't dumb. I think he is a smart guy too, but they just use it very differently. I think Batman's wealth, though, is... Is a is a key thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. I yeah, think it's awesome, it's and I wish I had it. Definitely makes him a superhero. Yeah. yeah, and I wish I had it. So, go yeah. back to my criteria. And and, and I'll, I'll agree with that. I because I and and that's why I wanted to limit that that kind of aspect from my criteria, even though I originally thought I was going to include it as a criteria, but I decided against it because there are a lot of heroes out there that have you know tangible things like that but are able to use it as a quote-unquote superpower for them yeah, sure. and and that's exactly what bruce wayne himself does here and i think that's a great pick for that in fact it is an honorable mention for me the one i thought you were going to pick which i do have at my number two is you guys are talking about it that is tony stark's intelligence and i yeah. and yes he mm-hmm. does have he does have the wealth like batman does but i think it's the fact that he's such a well accomplished engineer i think is his superpower yeah. and the, and yeah, i and I that's agree, yeah. And someone like me who who kind of worked in the electrical engineering field uh, for a little bit, uh, I'm, not an, I'm not an engineer. I'm not, I didn't study engineering. I did for a little bit and decided to do something different. But I, I've worked in the lines of businesses where I worked with other electrical and mechanical engineers, and I understood what those guys did and what those guys knew, and I always thought it was kind of interesting. But if you know how to perfect that to the degree that Tony Stark has, it's a very, very valuable tool to have. Yeah, sure. uh, and. The, especially the way he's able to manipulate himself to keep himself alive from the shrapnel entering his heart, uh, even little things like that. But a couple with the wealth that he has, he's just he's able to build anything he wants. It's, I just yeah. I love that, and even yeah. even if it's as little as the, that small nuclear reactor, I think he built that was able to create its own self sustaining energy source that powered the Stark building in the first Avengers. Just little yeah. things like that. Um, yeah, I I always thought it was interesting, and it's something I like. So yeah, yeah Tony Stark's intelligence, yeah. engineering background is my number two. Yeah, I think that's a really great pick, Brennan. And it, it's an honorable mention for me. I Or you could just kind of put it at pseudo number two if you want. But, sure. you know, I went with Batman because I wanted his wealth. and But that's how Batman uses it. And he uses it fantastically well. But I completely agree. Tony Stark's intelligence would also be awesome to have. The difference is I wouldn't know how to use that intelligence. So, <laughs> but I can spend money like it's my job. So. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, that's surely, how you relate. That, that's why it's a personal list. Exactly. Yeah. Surely if you had the intelligence, you would then know what to do with it. <laughs> that's a fair point, though, too. Yes. <laughs> fair point, yes. yeah. But let's get to the nitty-gritty now, guys. Uh, our number one pick for superpower in film. Uh, so, Brian, we'll toss it to you first, man. What's okay. your number one? I thought uh, you were going to nail it there. Uh, but mine is also Batman, not his wealth. Uh, <laughs> this exists in the Nolanverse only, mm-hmm. okay. but his disappearing act. 
his oh. ability to immediately vanish. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I would also add um, <laughs> Oliver Queen. In yeah, he's good at that well. too. Yes. So, so I know, like, I don't care what the League of Shadows has taught you. You can't get off of a fifty-story building without making a little noise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not, not even just a. Yeah. So I, I, I like. I think it's fun to imagine like him just hiding behind a giant air conditioning unit that's like three feet away, uh, no, and like no. you can see it's a like cape sticking out. But Gordon just indulges oh, him. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> even better than that, he carries around a cardboard box that he hides in. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, you know, Gordon just looks like, uh, it's Batman, just let him have this. (laughs) Just let him do his thing. (laughs) He's really good at fighting people, just not good at The interesting thing, apparently this is teachable because Catwoman learned how to do it in The Dark Knight Rises, Mm. which led Bruce Wayne to go, so that's what (laughs) what that feels like. Yeah. Uh That would be amazing. Like, we've all been in a conversation that's going nowhere and so you Just know they, they they look around the room and then boom they turn back around and you're gone. <laughs> I just that'd be yeah. Right. I like to think maybe he's yeah. just standing directly behind them as well. So they're just looking around, he's just like yeah. ducking back and forth. And he'll do the little tap your shoulder trick and yeah. then you turn around and just yeah, he's gone. Yeah. That is a really interesting pick. I wouldn't have ever have thought of that, but that's but that is I so mean, true. That I mean, that is what he does. He's just that's like hanging thing. on to a fire escape. Like, uh, how long do I have yeah. to hang here before he walks away? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's clever. That, yeah. that, that, but that but you pick a really interesting notion about you know that that's very that, you know, a very repetitive notion that he has in the in the Dark Knight trilogy that I think has always been kind of interesting, and they even poke fun at it, like I mentioned in the third film. But that is that's. You know, having that ability, and I don't, I don't know how he does it. It's definitely just movie making that does it, but yeah, I have I no idea it. how he actually... Yeah. It's, it's great, yeah. You're a good cop. One of the few. What do you want? Carmine Falcone brings in shipments of drugs every week. Nobody takes him down. Why? He's paid up with the right people. What will it take to bring him down? Leverage on Judge Faden. And the DA brave enough to prosecute Rachel Dawes. Who are you? Watch for my sign. You're just one man? Now we're two. We. Well, how about you, Paul? What's your number one? Uh, well, mine actually <laughs> kind of ties into that if you, if you want to give him the superhuman ability. Uh, teleportation. Mm. I think just yeah, the, yeah. the ability to... I mean, let's take it as in in the film Jumper, like anywhere you've seen sure. or been to before, at a moment's notice, just I'm going to go there. And yeah. so, like fast travel in an RPG, yeah, <laughs> yeah RPG. basically. Right? Yeah. But, but even without the loading screen, like, yeah. Oh, so ba- cut out the loading screen. Yes. <laughs> basically, like flying without flying. So, yeah. So you basically just want to keep on getting back to you know where you're originally you from. To, you can go to England faster. Yeah. What, yeah. What so if the want, teleporter's on the Fritz, at least you can still fly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. What, what I want is the ability to go somewhere for the least amount of money. That's what I. <laughs> that's what he's gonna get. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it, it was nice. It's just one thing that ever since I first saw something with teleportation in it, I just thought that would make everything so much easier. And yes, I am lazy, but like you could just imagine, like say you want to take a, a holiday in I don't know the Bahamas. What you normally do is you book off a couple of days from work, you plan your flights, you wait around in an airport. What you can do is Friday night after work, just teleport there. <laughs> Sunday night, teleport back. There you go. You're That's right. 
That would have been very useful for me this weekend. I would have avoided the whole cabin thing. Yeah, or when you got there and you were like, no, oh, I didn't really like but, that. But yeah, would, you have, to... would you have teleportation <laughs> lag as you have jet lag? Like, oh, that, that that could be an interesting question. Like, yeah. uh, addition, additional downfall of the thing. Like Wherever you go to, you get the jet lag. Do you don't mind technically yeah, being a new you when you arrive at your destination? <laughs> well, no, that's only if you go through the teleportation machine. This would be <laughs> quantum oh, teleportation. Okay, uh, not, not well, by use of a teleporter. <laughs> yeah. Would you also have Pardon the ability me. to teleport... Would you, have, would you also have the ability to teleport with others, too? Yeah. Like, let's say you want to do a vacation with your family. Uh, yeah, could I, you just teleport? Could you all, like, hold hands? I, like, yeah, I, yeah, I would do... Yeah. I would, <laughs> everyone link arms now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I would do the, uh, the Nightcrawler teleportation, yeah. where, like, as long as you have contact with someone being teleported. Now, I don't remember Jake Gyllenhaal having that ability. Did I miss something? They actually they cut that out because they thought it would be... He was fighting. creepy enough without yes. the teleportation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice. Good pick, good pick. But yeah, as long... I, I would definitely relate to that as long yeah. as I had the ability to teleport with others because like, I, I would use it perfectly to go on the most exotic vacations ever, but I'd want to go with maybe yeah. you know, either a significant other yeah. or a family or whatever. And as long as I can do that with them, it's... Oh, it's it's all hell's gonna break. How, yeah, how, how much would your significant other hate you if you teleported there? I'll see you in five hours. <laughs> oh, I've been here for ages. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> would be handy though. <laughs> it probably wouldn't go over too well. But. Anyway, JD, what's your number one, man? Um, my number one is a little bit more boring and probably predictable, but it does go along the same notion as Paul was talking about with getting places faster, but this would probably be a little bit more physically exhausting. But for my number one, I've always been enthralled with the idea of web slinging. Go web! Fly! Up, up, and away, web! Shazam! Go! Go! Go, web, go! especially through a big city, I think would be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm a very adventurous guy at spirit. I like being outdoors, like hiking. I've always wanted to go skydiving. I'm not afraid of heights. Uh, so I love doing things like that. And so the idea of standing on a really tall building and swinging throughout the city is very exciting to me. And so it is a great combination for me personally with my criteria in terms of this would be balls out fun to have, but would also be useful in the sense that I don't have to wait for the subway or taxi or traffic or whatever. I can just get to where I need to be relatively fast. And who knows, maybe I'll run across some guy mugging a woman and it'd be helpful in that situation too. So who knows, but it would be very useful to my life and something that would be fun to have on top of it. So that's why it makes my number one. Or just swinging in general. I mean, you can learn that from Shia LaBeouf from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> you could do that too. <laughs> Not quite as exciting and you can only use it in one location, but besides that. So, so which version would you want? Toby Maguire where he has the ability to generate it himself or Andrew Garfield, where he has to build the... No, yeah, it would have to be the Tobey Maguire version where it's kind of automatic. I wouldn't have the intelligence to make that. And I would also be afraid that I would run out. 
you know, like he, like he, you know, it's just a cartridge, right? So, what if the thing just ran out? Like, at least with Tobey Maguire's, it's just kind of ingrained as part of your DNA, so it just mm-hmm. is always there Un- until you start doubting yourself. Until you start doubting yourself, yes. <laughs> Which I'm okay with. I have great self confidence. So, <laughs> and great power is coming. Great responsibility, uh, exactly. Well, great irresponsibility, <laughs> apparently. If you're just gonna go, oh yeah, thank you for that Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But that's that's a good pick, Katie. And I can mm-hmm. and, and it's it was a close honorable mention for me. And I uh, it, there was just other ones that kind of weeded it out. But I definitely did consider it. Yeah, it's a very sure. good pick. Um, but yeah, for my number one, I'll spend only a little bit of time on it because we we did talk about it briefly already. And it's also kind of a boring pick, but I just feel like I would get the most use out of uh, Professor X and basically his just the power of the mind is what I'm just calling it. Oh yeah. But is the future truly set? Or can we change our fate? We need your help, Charles. Use your power. Bring the X-Men together. You sure about this? Absolutely not. Not just the ability to read minds, but the ability to control minds as well. Um... Now, I don't want everything that he can do because I don't want to be in a wheelchair. Like I mentioned, I want to still be unbreakable. But (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But I I just feel like there's a lot of things that I could do – that that I think would be a personal game. Like for example, you know, if you have the power of Professor X, you could easily manipulate the minds of those in the stock market for your own financial gain. <laughs> there's there's just so yeah. much you can do with that. Not that I would condone ever doing that, but that's <laughs> not that I would ever do that <laughs> no, or anything. No, no. But, yeah. but if but I had I'm just power, giving an example. I'm just gi- I'm just giving an example <laughs> of how well you can manipulate that kind of power because I feel like you have that kind of power that Professor X have. You 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 p- potentially have the ability to almost do anything. Uh, and just from the comfort of your own home without having to go anywhere. And that's that's what I just find kind of fascinating. So and that's yeah. and that's kinda of why I went with it, because I feel like there is a lot of damage that you're not on damage, but you could be very, very dangerous with that kind of ability that he has. And when sure. when you learn how to control it, you're no one if, if no no one will mess with you if you if they know you have that ability. Yeah. And that's kinda of why I want it. I think I'd like to have that. And it's kind of a boring pick like I mentioned, but it's my number one hey, for that reason. It's a good one, man. I, yeah. My thing, my only thing with it is, I feel like it could be potentially very overwhelming. Like, I feel like if I had it, I would be like young Charles in Days of Future Past, where he's like, "I can't do this. It's driving me crazy." Like, yeah. that would be me. And and I'm on. I'm I'm assuming to the point that when I have it, I know how to control it very sure. well. And that I guess I, I guess I'm skipping over that. <laughs> You're sk- skipping over the growing pains. <laughs> I, I'm imagining a perfect scenario, which will never ever happen. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually think, whenever I think about this, I think that the film Bruce Almighty did it best when he's hearing all the prayers and it's just weighing down on him. Like That's what I imagine when you first oh. get it and you just hear oh, sure. everything. Everybody, yeah. Oh man, that okay. Now I don't want this as my number. One. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I gotta quit. That's why I wanted no, to be no, a fly on the wall. You should man. be able to tell Pathway, tell them all to shut up at once, right? Like, yeah. That's a goal. That, that's that's, true. that's exactly it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just put on that up. helmet and say, "Shut the hell up, everybody!" Well, that's I'm asleep, well, that's trying to sleep. It. Well, that's the yeah. thing. If you tell everyone to shut the hell up, that you're then going to get an influx of people saying, "Wait, why can't I speak anymore? This is really annoying. What's going on?" So you're just going to get everybody mad. Well, then that's when you go on a murderous rampage. Yeah. 
it's just never going to end. Yeah. But I think it'd be fun regardless. Um, but anyway, before we move on, did you guys have any honorable mentions that you wanted to quickly mention quickly? Uh, we'll toss to you first, Brian. Uh, not that uh, I was briefly thinking Spider-Man yeah, as an honorable, as my number three honorable mention. Um, Rogue, I was thinking, as an honorable mention. I, um, I would hate um, having that. Really? Yeah, well. I don't like touching people anyway. So well, I don't, I, I don't either. <laughs> I don't either, but like, I would hate not being able to touch my wife at any point. Like, that would. Well, yeah. I mean that. That's, that's, me. that's not, me. You know, like, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, I like I look good in gloves, so why not? You know. Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> but it didn't make the list for me. I did wonder why you wasn't were wearing there. I mean, it wasn't as cool as Groot. Yeah. You know, so, did you have any honorable mentions? Nah, I mean, along the lines of uh, Batman's, like, yeah, just money. Money. I, I would take the wealth that they all just, just money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I mean, that, you see those memes all over the place. It's like money is the best superpower. Like, it is. I'm telling you, man. It, yeah, unfortunately, it is. But that's. But you're right. It is. I mean, it's. It, it gives you a lot of power you don't realize you have. But anyway, JD, how about you? Honorable mentions. Well, fans of our show will know I'm a huge fan of flight, so I kept that as an honorable mention because that's an easy one for me. Although I would specifically pick Iron Man because at least in the suit, it kind of feels like. I'm flying an aircraft, so um, mm. I would probably pick that. Um, telekinesis, of course, would be fun. I would like to replicate anyone like Loki does, I think, would be an interesting power to have. Um, how about Wolverine's healing? I may break a bone, but at least I'd heal awfully fast, and maybe I could have yeah. some fun claws in the middle of that, too. But then you would never die. But then I would never die, and maybe that could be a problem <laughs> later on. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, I mean, you remember seeing Only Lovers <laughs> Left Alive. Yeah, they got really I know, bored. They did. Oh, speaking of Loki. Anyway, um, (laughs) (laughs) teleportation would be fun. I also had on like quick speed, like Quicksilver or the Flash or something like that. Um, And here, Dash or Dash or Dash, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, A fun one that's kind of out of left field is ice manipulation, like Iceman. Because I'm a big hockey guy, so if it's August 9th and it's just Sunday afternoon and it's 90 degrees, but I still want to play some hockey, I can do that. So I think that would be a lot of fun for me to have. You're not going to go the corny route and do some roller hockey? Oh, I've played me a lot of roller hockey growing no, up. I, I have too. So, I have too. That, that's, that was what I only played. Before. Yeah, like play, you, yeah. you say corny. It's very serious in a lot of circles, and I've done a lot of traveling and played in a lot of fun tournaments with some roller hockey too, man. I can relate. I understand. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, as far as honorable mentions for me, I mean, I, I pretty much as far as what you guys have already mentioned, either in your top three or as your own honorable mentions, I already had as my honorable mentions as well. The only one I'll mention that wasn't said uh, was, uh, I guess, Sue Storm's ability to go invisible. Uh, and kind of, I, I guess, kind of the other reason, the reason why I like this is kind of the same reasons you like the idea of being a fly in the wall, JD, with uh, Ant-Man's powers. And that's yeah, kind of the sure. same reason why uh, I said invisibility. But I mean, if you got the power of the mind like Professor X, you don't really need to put the work to follow people and stay invisible <laughs> around them. So that's why sure. I left it off my list. And, and that's fair. I just would be the opposite. I wouldn't want the idea of feeling overwhelmed. I would rather put in the work. Yeah, and I and I understand that. I'm just assuming that I'm able to control it, that I don't need sure. to get frustrated yeah, yeah, in that sense. Fair. But it's, hey, it's a superpower. We're, 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 I mean, th- these, these yeah. aren't real to begin with. Yeah. Or, <laughs> why are we arguing? Are yes. <laughs> just, let's just apply some logic here, shall we? Yeah, no. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because that's just, that's just who we are. You know, we, we provide logic to superpowers. It makes no sense whatsoever. I know. <laughs> um, but that, that's all I had for honorable mentions for me. All right, before we move on, let's talk about this week's poll. It's real bad, okay? I don't like those numbers at all. Just one poll. Those things aren't scientific. Yes, they are. 
All this is is science. This is math. All right, so for this week's poll with the subject of Fant Forestick just coming out, we decided to ask, what is your favorite Marvel film not within the MCU? And since most of these films suck, we just kind of started picking out all the films that were technically good, so we had some competition here. We listed Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, also The Amazing Spider-Man, X-Men First Class, X-Men Days of Future Past, Blade, The Punisher, and then the 2005 Fantastic Four, and then we also had a write-in option. Um, just for the sake of time, we'll get right to the results, but winning the poll at 33.3% is exactly who I expected was going to win. That was X-Men Days of Future Past. Arguably, probably, at least coincidentally, probably the best X-Men film at least made so far. At least it's one of my favorites. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it is a very, very good film. Coming mm-hmm. in at second place mm-hmm. at 25% was Spider-Man 2, which is probably my favorite superhero film of all time. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, that's at least for me. That's at least for me. I know there's some people may, might not agree, but I, I love this film. I'm glad it at least got recognition here. And third place at 13.9% was X-Men First Class. Uh, probably my favorite X-Men film. Maybe not the best, but my personal favorite. So I'm glad that's getting recognition mm-hmm. as well. I, I think yeah. our viewers have good taste. Our listeners have so good taste. I think so, too. I mean, most of the responses we got on Facebook or Twitter were for Days of Future Past and Spider-Man 2. And I'm with you more, Brendan. I love Days of Future Past, and it's my mm-hmm. favorite X-Men film. But I would probably pick Spider-Man 2 and is probably my favorite superhero movie of all time. Avengers is very, very close, though. So sure. I guess if we were going to say non-team superhero films it would certainly easily be my number one um, but we mm-hmm. did, we also did get a couple of write-in options for x-men 2 so that was one that a lot of people threw out there as i well. kind of figured i kind of yeah. figured we'd get some for that one in fact we almost put it on the list but just for the sake yeah. of space we didn't yeah absolutely so all right well anyway thanks everybody that voted we really do appreciate it whether it was on the website or on social media we really do appreciate all the votes um and coming up next we are going to do brendan's favorite segment that we do call the rants and raves and i promise i will do no more fox ranting this time around i did enough of that already so stay tuned we all did <laughs> yes stay tuned we'll be right back good morning can i take your order can i get a tall chai and a large black coffee a what large black coffee do you mean a venti no i mean a large he means a venti yeah the biggest one you got venti is large no venti is 20 danny yeah large is large in fact, tall is large, and grande is Spanish for large. Venti's the only one that doesn't mean large. It's also the only one that's Italian. Congratulations, you're stupid in three languages. All right, guys, this is pretty simple. We're just going to pick a movie-related topic, and we're either going to rant about it or we're going to rave about it. Let's start with you, Paul. What's your first one? You're ranting or you're raving this week? Uh, I have two rants. <laughs> Okay. And that's rants for the English. Yes, speakers. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta throw in a, a, a jab at your nationality. Yeah. So he, he's ranting. I do believe I'm the only one here speaking the Queen's English. So <laughs> Unlike all the other Robert Hood. Yeah, the rest of us are speaking American. English accent. American. Uh, right, um, go ahead. Well, my, my first. I, I think both of these I, I have talked about before on our own podcast, but yeah, the first one is trailers. Trailers. What oh, the hell? Yeah. Oh, that nauseam about trailers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of these trailers that are coming out now that either give away absolutely everything, yeah. so there's no point in seeing the film, or they will not give away everything, but they will give away the twist that's within the yeah. last ten minutes. 
Yeah. Like, for, well, for people looking at you, like, Terminator you have, Genesis. Yeah. <laughs> well, Paul has great memory retention. Like a lot of people can watch a trailer and then they forget about it until that moment's actually happening. I think yeah. it's always in the back of Paul's head. Yeah, it, it, it's one of the things. I, I can never switch off my brain when I'm watching a film. Uh, for instance, the the first Avengers film. They showed the Sorry. trailer, like, whoop, they had some of the action bits, some of the team bits, and then they had a bit where the Hulk catches Iron Man. So I'm watching the entire film thinking, well, that hasn't happened yet. That hasn't happened yet. That hasn't happened yet. And then he goes up in space and it's like, he's not in danger. He's not in danger. He's not in danger. Oh, look, he caught him. Like, it was, it was this <laughs> yeah. thing that just completely ruined a bit that could have been like, are they actually, like, I didn't even have that. Maybe they will bit in yeah. there because it's like no that still needs to happen <laughs> so yeah and yeah there's just all of these so times. what's your tactic do you i mean you you can avoid them if you but it is hard i mean if you're just watching yeah. regular television or something or I, well that's the thing i only have hulu and netflix so i don't have yeah. cable television i don't get to see them that yeah. way i i will look up the first trailer that comes out for film because normally they don't do that bad a job. It, uh, normally, the teasers no, are, are now. Bad. It, if better, it's something, yeah. I, I don't. I will do this in a movie theater, but I, I do get some looks, understandably. But I will close my eyes if it's nothing. Yeah, like, I'll still hear the audio. Me too, Brian. But yeah, I, if it's nothing, I, I don't want to know anything about it. I want to go in it fresh. I already like the source material. Um, I will close my eyes. I don't want to see what's going on. It's just two minutes, and yeah. Well, I'll say my two favorite recent trailers that have come out have been the Suicide Squad trailer. Oh. Yeah. Because, yeah, so, Brian has seen this one maybe a thousand times. I've seen point. it more than Billy Madison, and that's, that's, I've been watching Billy Madison for yeah. 20 years. But, uh, and, and the second one is the Deadpool trailer. Yeah. The reason I like the Suicide Squad trailer is it doesn't tell you anything yeah. other than yeah. what well, the Well, there's Squad enough time is. to forget about it, too. Yeah. We got over a year. And the reason I like sure. the Deadpool trailer is because of the nature of Deadpool, you have zero guarantee that anything in the trailer is going to be in the film. I mean, I'm sure, sure. there's I'm sure maybe yeah. 50% of it will actually be something in the film, but yeah, they could have made it and then make a joke about the trailer in the film where it's like, well, that didn't happen. Like, this was different yeah. or something. So th- that's why I like those ones. And all of these other so you, I, trailers. Do so you think teasers yeah. are a better route to go? Like a 30-second teaser? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, I, I would say that for the most part, when it comes to, uh, like, let's say, action films, a teaser is best. Now, when it comes to yeah. a dramatic film, well, exactly. maybe a full you one need, would work. Yeah, if, if people are going to go see the next Batman movie, you don't need... To watch, you know, to yeah. watch a three-minute trailer on it, uh, a twenty-second yeah. teaser is going to get people excited. But if you're trying to get to people to see your independent romantic comedy, yeah, you that, want a trailer. Well, well, that's <laughs> see, even that is treading dangerous water there too, especially with comedies, because it's so easy to throw in the best three or four jokes in a mm-hmm. trailer, and then you get to the movie, and well, that's all you've seen, and you know, there's nothing about it that is really that appealing to you after that. Now, now something something I don't mind is say that the trailer for Despicable Me showed you all of the funny bits with the minions, and then you saw the film, and it wasn't a comedy; it was yeah. actually a serious mm-hmm. story. See? Yeah. I'm fine with that. Misdirection is perfectly okay. See, uh, yeah, I would. I would. If, if it's a trailer, I want it to be limited to first act 
material. Like, I don't want anything after sure. the first act. Yeah, yeah. If, if there's anything that could possibly hint at something else, I, mean, I don't want it. Dark Knight, the, the, I go back to it with Paul all the time, showing that stadium explode just took all the air out of that excitement of that moment because I knew what was coming. Yeah. Well, that, that's a, I mean, yeah. yeah, you could figure out what's coming there by that point anyway, yeah. but I'm waiting for that a half hour before we even get to well, it. Yeah, yeah. Even though you can predict that it's coming while watching the film, it's... The fa- the seeing it is really the excitement of it, but the fact that you know what it looks like then too takes out that suspense, and yeah, that's exactly. and that's that's one of my biggest things about these trailers. And you know, you're talking about the Avengers trailer specifically. One of my biggest gripes is it shows probably the best shot of the entire film in the trailer, which is that revolving money shot of all the Avengers yeah. getting ready for battle. And that that is seeing that for the first time in the movie, not knowing that's coming, is a fist in the air moment. I mean, that is, yeah. it's wonderful. But knowing that's coming is, it takes out that, that joy. I know. That joy's and, gone. And the Ultron trailers showed both big money shots yeah. in the trailer. Hated that. Yeah, it was stupid. Uh, I completely agree, though. It is a very valid complaint. I have very much ranted about that on the show quite a bit as well. For the sake of time, though, let's move on. Brian, are you ranting or raving this week? Uh, no <laughs> surprise to Paul, I'm ranting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I wish I had had an experience recently as of yesterday to kind of motivate me more. But, oh, what could this possibly be about? Uh, <laughs> uh, I would like to talk about theater etiquette. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I do realize I'm a bit on the high end of the spectrum. And by bit, I'm topping it off. <laughs> I am at the high end of the spectrum as far as uh, my theater experience, how I would like that to go. It's why sure. I try to avoid the theater if I can, if I have another way to see it in film. Um, or I'll wait a few weeks so it's not so crowded. But uh, it, um, number one now bugs me like when they have the on-screen display. Now all they talk about is the phone, turning your phone off. Not shutting your own damn mouth up, uh, <laughs> which is just as distracted, even more so, I would say. Didn't they used to? Say yeah, yeah, before everyone had a pocket computer, yeah, they would have. <laughs> they would say, you know, don't talk during the movie, yeah. Um, okay, our, so question, Brian. Yes. What if it's the trailers, the lights are still up, and I want to avoid the trailers so I get on my phone so I'm not paying attention to the trailer? Yay or nay? Are you uh, talking? Th- I'm there, not talking. I'm completely quiet. I'm just trying to zone out of the trailer. I, the lights are still on, so well, they're not like complete. It's not completely dark. Tr- trailers are uh, etiquette purgatory. Uh, or, so <laughs> there's an in between. <laughs> yeah. So I will allow for some talking, uh, even though it's like eye rolling that everyone feels they have to comment. With their yeah, companion sure. after every trailer, I should read the books on. This. I did it yesterday. We heard it was like the Maze Runner yeah. sequel, and the guy's like, "I need to read those books right behind me." Oh yeah, Batman and, behind you. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, Great. and you're like, "Oh, well, I think we should see that one. That one doesn't look very good." But, okay, fine. I'll give you that. <laughs> like, I don't feel the need to do that, but I understand. Okay, fine. It's like sure. You know, you're watching sure. Me. I, you know, yeah. I don't watch an Arby's commercial. I think we should get some of those. Uh, <laughs> well, speak for yourself. Fair enough. <laughs> I think it. I don't say it. Um, so, yeah, the, the talking just drives me crazy. It's one thing. It, it kind of depends what the movie is, hmm. what the feel of the movie. A comedy, obviously, a little more relaxed, I would yeah. say. 
you're you're laughing. Um, well, there's a difference but, between laughing and just talking. About exactly. Um, like yes. Uh, what was it? I didn't mind this at all because uh, it was Mordecai. But someone ah. answered the phone during Mordecai, so at least I had something interesting to listen to uh, for a minute. Yeah, just just, just in case. We'll forgive that one. Yeah, just in case nobody knows. That didn't go down well with us. So. <laughs> yeah. Or anyone. Yeah, um, yeah, I was like, he was probably praying for a phone call, but... Yeah. <laughs> he probably was, by answering. <laughs> but yeah, the talking, um, this is where I get into the higher end of the spectrum. I think popcorn is the worst movie snack ever. Hmm. Why? Why? The loudest snack that exists. Are you saying that you don't want to hear... I mean, time. you're trying to watch Schindler's List. Do you want to sit here and watch someone go... <laughs> yeah. People got to shot that just, right. That's yeah, just a horrid image right there. Yeah. <laughs> like, ooh, this is really interesting. Hey, I, would, I, would take that, I would take that, though, over the asshole that's trying to open up their, you know, bunch of crunch, and you hear that the sound of the, the paper being... Oh, just open it quickly. If you're going to make a noise, open it quickly. Don't take ten minutes to try to quietly open yeah. your no, package. I, I, I will admit, I, I have done that thinking in my head the whole time. Like, okay, I'll do it slowly. It won't make as much noise. So that's a big rip. And then yeah. I realized afterwards, I was like, I'm just You've making, making noise. You've been making noise for seven minutes now. Shut up. Just get it Open over. your damn <laughs> chewy sweet tarts and be done with it. Like ripping off a band-aid. Just get it done with it. Uh, but yeah, I just, I mean, my feeling is it's, we've all paid the same amount of money, unless we're seniors or children, whatever, yeah. to, to have this experience. It's not your living room. It's, you know, it's yeah. not just be you and that person you're with. It's different. Yes, it's a different experience. There needs to be a little common ground, a little respect for everyone else's yeah. experience. Yeah. And that's where I run into trouble, whereas I feel like almost, at least all of my theater experiences, most of them, I feel like most people don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I'm mm-hmm. I'm actually okay to a certain extent with phones because they're they're dim enough that it doesn't bother me personally. Unless it's like super bright and all of a sudden Jesus showed up in the movie theater, I don't necessarily like that. But most of the time, I'm okay with it. But the talking is the big thing with me too because I'm trying to sit here and engage with the movie and especially like I've been in movie theaters where it's the cathartic moment of the movie it's the emotional part of it and people are like laughing behind me and f***ing around and it drives yeah. me crazy I'd, I'd rather stare at their phones the whole time yeah. and other than hearing them talk when they shouldn't be talking I, if you're laughing at a comedy that's fine but the talking I just had an idea too. I just had a million dollar idea how about we make a cinema where every single seat has a pair of headphones yeah, so like so ev- everyone sits down puts the headphones on and you get the sound directly into your ears not not necessarily blocking out everything but enough yeah because right? then well, the people that want to talk idea. to each other aren't actually watching the film they have to take their yeah. headphones off and talk to each other so if you if you get a petition going i will sign it immediately <laughs> same no. here when I run my theater, it, I'm just going to walk around and smack people. <laughs> that smack the popcorn out of their hands, and you know you don't get your $10 back. And every single theater have one of those uh, like no- noise meters, and if it goes above a certain bit, just have warning no. klaxons going. You get a punch card, you get a punch card, and you get three punches in that card. Nope, you're not coming back to this scene. Sorry. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's move on. Brendan, mm-hmm. you ranting or raving, man? 
I'm not really sure. There's something I want to talk about, and I think it's more of a rant, believe it or not, but I wanted to pick something on the subject of superhero films since we just talked about Fan Forestick. Um, sure. I'm going to keep calling it that. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but recently there was a, an announcement made regarding Batman v Superman. Uh, and the announcement was that the movie was screened for uh, Warner Brothers executives, and apparently they gave the movie not only a standing ovation, but they also decided to give more work and contract time to Ben Affleck to spend more time as Bruce Wayne and Batman, which would delay some of his other director projects he was currently starting to work on. Um, To many people, this would seem like a good sign for Batman v Superman. Me personally... I am, I'm taking that with a small grain of salt, uh, and that's kind of why I'm ranting. The biggest rant is because I would really just like to see more work of creative work, or, or at least like work that's not within this universe from Ben Affleck. I, he, may, he, may, he may direct a, a standalone Batman film at one point. That's, that's fine, but I like this guy as a director. I think he's three for three, and I think kind of hindering him from getting that ability to, to veer outside this world and do his own thing I think is a bit disappointing. Um, Sure. So that's that's kind of why I'm ranting a little bit on it. I'm also just I, no, I I don't care what these Warner Brothers execs say if they really like this film or not. I mean, I still I, I still have no faith in this film yet until I see it for myself. So I'm taking this with such yeah. a small I'm taking this with such a small grain of salt. And from what I've seen, the only thing they're praising is Ben Affleck's performance. The movie could still be crap, uh, and and we just haven't seen them sure. say anything. But all 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 I know is they gave the movie a standing ovation because they like Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne. So yeah. I guess I'm kind of ranting not only because I want to see more work from Ben Affleck outside of this world, and I, I'm excited to see him as Bruce Wayne. Don't get me wrong, but I think this is going to hinder what I also love at. I'd like to see him be able to, to be able to do all this at once. That, that's that, that's yeah. what excites me. So and yeah. I'm also kind of ranting as I think people maybe jumping to conclusions a bit like oh this is this movie's gonna be great oh you hear this news it's gonna be great guys just wait i'm not saying it's yeah. gonna be bad but don't jump to these conclusions yet because these are just executives from warner brothers they could be giving it a standing yeah. ovation because they realize they can get a lot of money off of ben affleck as bruce wayne now. yeah so, yeah but that's why i'm kind of ranting on it but it yeah. could be good they could be right i don't know yet i'm a thousand percent in your camp on this brendan and you know the one thing that i will say that it gives me a little bit of hope is the fact that Ben Affleck is a huge fan of this character and mm-hmm. he looks awesome in the trailer. So if he can continue to embody that character and I, I love him as a director. So if he continues to do more Batman movies, I'm perfectly okay with that at least so far because he's proven his worth to me. And, and I like that. Sure. Um, so that gives me a little bit of hope. The other thing, too, that I can sort of kind of buy into is that earlier this year, there were similar reports about Disney execs essentially doing the exact same thing for Inside Out. And again, you were very, you know, taking that with a grain of salt. I was very excited to hear that news. And the movie came out and now it's my current favorite film of the year so far. So that could mean something. But this similar report outside of the Ben Affleck aspects also came out when Man of Steel came out. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I hated that movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. So <laughs> the execs, Rightfully so. Right? Yeah. So. so the execs over at WB, them getting excited about their own movie doesn't really enthrall me a ton. Like, right. does it get me a little bit excited because they don't do this for every film? Maybe a little bit. But like you're saying, take it with a grain of salt. The thing that does excite me is Affleck I'm liking, him being in here, 
longer could mean that I, I I'm okay with that. But I agree with you, Brennan. I would like to see him do more outside this universe. Yeah, and that's that's exactly where I am too. This sounds to me exactly the same as if Budweiser came out and said, "This newest beer." We really like it. Yeah. <laughs> we probably like it too. Everyone should drink Bud Light Lime, yeah. no matter how disgusting it may be. Oh, perfect Touché. analogy. That was beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it just ended at that. Wait, let's not talk about this, because that's his icing on, that's the cherry on top of the yeah. icing on the cake. More than a great salt. I'm taking it with a palette of salt. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, but, I, I, and again, I guess to play devil's advocate a little bit, Budweiser doesn't do that for every beer, and WB doesn't do that for every film that they have on their slate either. So it, it's kind of this give and take where, like, well, they don't do that, but of course they're going to. Well, if, if they I have think that they have kind so of reaction. much at stake here, though. Yeah, that, I yeah, agree. That, I, I agree. The There's it, a lot of money on the table. Absolutely. It, yeah, their last film outing didn't do too well, and this yeah. one is suddenly so much better. Yeah. yeah, I know. Imagine that, right? <laughs> so, yeah, seriously. I agree. That's why you have to take it with a grain of salt. You just never know. So, Yeah. Anyway, on that note, very good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> For mine, I'm going to be raving. Um, and maybe I'm in this boat alone, and I'm perfectly okay with that. I'm, I'm very much comfortable with it because earlier this last week, uh, Sony announced that there is going to be a Bad Boys 3 and 4 coming out in 2017 and 2019, respectively. And I know a lot of people are hating on the Michael Bay wagon right now, and for good reason in a lot of ways, but... <laughs> I will say, I raised my hand. <laughs> yes, of course you did. And a lot of people are that perfectly okay. And I'm assuming that maybe he's coming back, but maybe he won't. But I love, love, love the Bad Boys movies. I love Bad Boys too, even Two though a lot great. of people. I great. love it. For me, it is so hilarious, and I love the chemistry between Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. So I went back and I did some of the math, Brendan, and the Bad Boys films have made. A couple, actually, they've made five top three lists for me before. They top three action movies, top three car chases, top three Will Smith movies. Recently, on episode one eleven, I had them in my list for top three absurd action scenes, and I forgot about this. And then I quickly looked it up right before we started. But on episode twenty one, the Pacific Rim episode. We did our top three Jaeger pilot duos, two characters from film that we'd like to see fight in a Jaeger. And oh. these guys made my number one <laughs> for that show <laughs> because I love these two together. I don't care what you say about Martin Lawrence or Will Smith. Together on screen as these characters, they are hilarious. In fact, it was, you know, earlier I brought up Hyro from the True Romance Film Podcast. The first time that I heard that show, those guys reminded me of these two characters because <laughs> they almost hate each other. They argue like a married couple all the time, but yet obviously there's that bro camaraderie that they have too. They obviously love each other to death. And that balance, I feel like, is incredibly compelling on screen in those movies so i have a lot of fun with them i absolutely have a lot of fun with them the story to me it doesn't matter to me how disjointed the narratives are or yeah. the crazy absurd places they go like when they go to cuba 
in the second one like none of that matters to me because it's fun I, like these characters are a lot of fun i mean they are driving down the hillside in cuba in a very intense situation and will smith and mark lawrence are still yelling at each other like it is hilarious to me so i am a thousand percent down for these two movies and i will be the first in line to see both of them yeah, I, I first off, I'm going to have to say these guys are they, these films are now in your penalty box. I, I don't want to see them on a top three yeah. for you ever again <laughs> for at least a while. They're going to have to be. They're going to have to um, be. But I, I have fun with these movies too. Now, I guess my question is, do if when they make Bad Boys three and four, I, I don't. From what I've heard, I don't think Michael Bay is coming back to direct them. Um, would, do you want to see Michael back come, Michael Bay come back to direct these films, or would you rather them see him give them to yeah. someone else? That's a really good question, and my answer is yes. And the reason why okay. is going back to something that you and I were talking about with this new movie that he has coming out, and even last week when I was talking about The Rock. Like, I feel like Michael Bay needs to get away from the Transformers aroma that. A lot of people are are hating on, and what he needs to do is get back to these kind of things that people like. People liked when he did Armageddon or when he did The Rock, and I think this new movie he has coming out is kind of in that same vein. It looks like it could be a really good step. And you know, I even argued for Pain and Gain. I really liked that movie. I like it when he steps away from Transformers and gives us these smaller action comedies is what they are. I feel like he does those really, really well. So for me, yeah, I would love to see him get back to this franchise. I really, really like those first two movies and I would love to see him back with um, with these characters making them funny but making the action the way that he makes action I'm perfectly okay with so I'm okay with other directors getting involved as long as the chemistry between Martin and Lawrence and Will Smith is the same if that changes then yes get get Michael Bay back in I, here because that's I, the thing that yeah, I love I think I'm about to shock uh, Paul because I am well documented on my Michael Bay hatred <laughs> um, but I think he is suited for those type of films I, agree. I, I, I think those are what he needs to be doing is the the action where you're allowed to suspend your disbelief a little more, where you can have a car flip yeah. over 47 times, and it's totally fine. Um, yeah. he, he needs to stop ruining cartoons from my childhood so, is what he needs to stop doing. Yeah. Yeah. He's already done enough damage there. Mid-90s action, Michael Bay, is what you want. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the only other person, which is impossible unless, you know, we have some sort of resurrection power it would be Tony Scott, I think. Right. But you know, he because he, he, no one else, I think, made those type of movies better than Tony Scott. But sure. Michael Bay, I think, is the since he's you know he's already been with the material. I'd say leave yeah. him. Well, yeah, and the reason the reason why I asked is because from what I guess, well, who was a rumored director to be doing Bad Boys Three? Wasn't it Joe Carnahan? I think. Might be, um, and I like Joe Carnahan, so I'd be perfectly fine with that. See, too, I, so. I wouldn't be, and 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 it's not that I think he's a bad director. I think he really is. And what was his most? Was, he did The Gray with Liam Neeson. Yep. Um, like when I look at a film like that, and I think Bad Boys, I was like, I don't want this guy touching. He's going to turn into a self serious like fest, and he I don't. Could want he very and, much could? And yes. I think that's the wrong kind of director for that. That's why. That's why I brought up the question because if he's the rumored director, I'm going to. As much as I think he is a, a solid filmmaker in his own right, I think sometimes you just got to know how to match traits with a certain aesthetic that belongs to that yeah. film and i think he might be a bit too self-serious that's that's just my personal sure. opinion and, and that's a good point and i think that kind of goes back to my concerns of getting the the chemistry between these two actors and right 
you know, that kind of tone that I want from this. I, the one thing that I feel like he could bring to the table is actually making a, a good movie that people walk out and go, hey, that was something I can recommend to somebody. You know, because I'm not arguing that Bad Boys 2 is a great movie. It's no, one no, that no. I love. I mean, it has a lot of problems, but the problems of those movies I don't give a shit about because I love these characters and I like the way Michael Bay ha- Michael Bay handles them. It's a lot of fun for me. Yeah, well, so, it's, it's about expectations. If you just yeah. expect to have a good time, that's yeah, exactly. all you need to go into that movie. Good. Exactly. No. So it's it's kind of this give and take where I think Joe Carnahan could come in and make a good movie, and I'd be okay with that too. And I think Michael Bay could come in and probably make a mediocre movie, but one I just have a lot of fun with, and I'm okay with that too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn everyone into Danny Bustman here and just say it. I could care less because I have never seen Bad Boys one or two. So. You mean you ain't seen Bad Boys two? <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, yes. Uh, you ever fired a gun in the air while jumping? <laughs> yes, I've really... never fired my gun in the air while jumping. No. Okay. <laughs> like the thing for Bad Boys Two is, if if you walk out of that movie and you like the scene where Reggie goes to pick up, uh, what was it, uh, Marcus's daughter? If you like that scene, then nothing else matters, right? Because that scene, it's not action-oriented. It's just those two characters being themselves, and it's hilarious. Or them at the store with all the cameras around them. Again, not action-oriented. If you like those scenes, then you're going to have a lot of fun with this movie. And if you hate them, you're going to hate the movie. That's all these movies are. Nothing more, nothing less. So. I completely agree. Reasonable expectations, that's all. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, that'll do it for Rants and Raves this week. That was a lot of fun, though, guys. Indeed. So for those out there, let us know if you agree or disagree with what we had to rant or rave about this week. You could uh, leave us a comment on Facebook or on Twitter or email us at InceptionFilm at gmail.com, but we'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. And before we finish out the show today, thanks, Paul and Brian, for joining us once again. This was an absolute blast. You're welcome. Uh, love it anytime. And yeah, we love it, uh, being involved with you guys. Seriously, yeah. And it, um, yeah. Even if it is just one of us, if you cool, yeah, chances sure. are we'll pick up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So before we get out of here, Paul, Brian, any final thoughts on anything before we leave today? Um, don't go and see Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I mean, that goes to go without saying <laughs> yeah. at this point. Just to bring it back there. No. <laughs> <Do it again. laughs> No, just, yeah, just check us out. You know, that's all. <laughs> okay. What about you, Brendan? Anything? Hey, we got a football game on tonight. We've got the Hall of Fame game. I know. It's almost yeah. that time of year again, man. Yeah, I'm excited. But my Steelers are playing, so that's why I'm excited. They're playing the Vikings. Uh, but, oh. Yeah, so, yeah, don't hate me for being a Steelers fan. I know people hate <laughs> Pittsburgh because they play dirty, and I agree they sometimes do, and it makes me mad, but I'm still a fan, so don't judge me. <laughs> there you go. Uh, as far as final thoughts for me, I'm still blaming Fox. So screw you, Fox. At least you've gotten X-Men back on yeah. the right train. So that's good to know. Also, just want to say real fast, stay tuned for our extra film coming up this week. We are going to be doing Woody Allen's Irrational Man and hopefully the Stanford Prison Experiment. That is the plan. And definitely look forward to that before straight out of Compton next weekend. So on that note, and thanks everybody for all the birthday wishes. I really, really do appreciate everyone that got to me on that. Uh, mm-hmm. It really means a Happy lot, birthday. so thanks for that. Yes, <laughs> Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Better Thank late you. than never. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, guys. No prompting whatsoever. <laughs> on that note, thanks, guys, for joining us once again. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you guys next time.
<laughs> I, I genuinely thought when everyone was like, yeah, we got the same criteria. I was like, oh, crap. This, everyone's going to be saying, well, yeah, that was my number three. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, my God. I would have lost my mind if you said that. Thing, so. <laughs> I was thinking you would have been leading. So you would have yeah, <laughs> the whole uh-huh. lot. Yeah. No, well, that's happened that to us maybe once or twice yes, before. Did, yeah, because yeah, we don't run things, you know, our picks by each other. Yeah, I mean, it, sometimes it works, sometimes yeah. it doesn't. <laughs> like, oh, my number three is your number one. <laughs> yeah, oh, great. So, yeah, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised at how different that all was. I'm telling you, though, yeah. go back, watch the Batman movies, and they're like, dark, especially like Dark Knight. So oh, much more sure. enjoyable to imagine him just hiding. <laughs> Where is that? What he's doing? <laughs> yeah, that was good. He's like trying to hold. How, how are you going to get Lau back in? Oh, yeah. where'd he go? Trying <laughs> to hold, trying to hold in a fart or something. You know, just like whatever it is. Like, yeah, it just, makes me he, laugh. Yeah, he's he just running down the street. It's like, oh, I shouldn't have had that third burrito. Or <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't eaten all day. And his stomach gargles. <laughs> yeah, like he, he's about to sneak up on someone and just. <laughs> <laughs> 